Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Campwire, uh, ACA's podcast. It's been a little while since we put anything out. Uh, last episode was in May when we talked to Mike Lang from Camp Tecumseh about marketing at camp. Um, it took a few months off as a lot of you as camp professionals get pretty busy and turned off from uh, social media and things that aren't just your camp because you're so focused on uh, the, the summer season. So we're back now, ready to push out some episodes, and I had the great uh, opportunity last week to speak with Daniel Lee. Uh, He's a professional paddleboarder from Minnesota who used to be a camp counselor at a camp in Minnesota, a couple camps in Minnesota. Um, He is currently paddleboarding down the entire Mississippi River to raise money for kids to go to accredited camps. Uh, So we're obviously thrilled for that and going to support him and and his... uh, his trip and his uh, long journey ahead of him and I it was an awesome conversation for a lot of reasons but it was really cool because I was talking to him as he's paddling he's on the board paddling in the river you can hear the river um, when, and you can hear the paddle rippling through the water uh, and he's got some interesting stories so here's our conversation uh, just as a little kind of warning he, it's hard to hear a little bit because we were we were doing this just through by phone um, while he's on the river. So um, it, sometimes it, you may not uh, make it make it out as easily as you can me, um, but maybe turn it up just a tad. All right, thanks for listening. Here it is. So you're kind of our first uh, former counselor slash just uh, like a fan of camp that we're interviewing. Okay, yeah, yeah. So it's going to be a lot about you and kind of the what and how of who you are sort of and uh, and then why camp and why you're doing this. So that's just, just the general, but I got some questions for you and we'll go through them, um, but yeah, feel free to just talk about whatever too that comes up. <laughs> no problem. And it, and let me know obviously if like you need to like do something or like stop or I don't even know. <laughs> so well, I got thirty miles left of paddling today. Wow. So I um, so I saw that you are in like you're about par- parallel with like Duluth, but <clears throat> you know west of there. Is that right? Yeah, I was in Jacobson last night. Okay. Um, and I'll be, I'll be getting close to Palisades tonight. So how long before you think you're out of Minnesota? Uh, I want to be out of Minnesota before 20 days. Okay. And um, who knows how yeah. long it'll actually take me. Um, but right now, everyone that I've met is saying that I'm flying pretty fast. Um, what, today is day seven, and I've been two to three days ahead of everyone else's schedule. Awesome. Where they landed. So are you saying you're like talking to people on the phone, or are you seeing other people who are also making this trip? I, I have ran into two other people. Um, 
guy, Max from Chicago, left the Monday before me, and I caught him not yesterday, but the day before. And then last night, I stayed at Jacobson, and I ran into a guy, Jesse, who started August 13th, and so I've passed two people now already on the river that have started before me. Wow. So are they also on paddle boards? Are they in kayaks or? Um, Max is in a canoe. Okay. Jesse has a kayak with another kayak behind it. He has like 150 pounds of extra gear. Wow. <laughs> I was trying to convince him to get rid of some of it. Yeah. But he doesn't want to. Wow. Yeah, I so I saw yesterday was the first time I I like checked out your website a few times before before you started the trip and then yesterday was kind of the first time I looked at it since the trip started and saw the blog and the photos that were uploaded and I just like the paddleboarding is just so intimidating like that you're doing that <laughs> and you got everything just right on top there. Yeah, it's it's pretty sweet. I can't believe it. Yeah. How well it's going actually. Good. So, um, uh, let me just. I'm gonna start. We're gonna get into the to the why you're crazy enough to travel the entire Miss, uh, Mississippi River for camp. Uh, but we'll get into that a little bit later. And so first, like, so are you from Minnesota? I am from Mankato, Minnesota. Okay. And what which part of the state is that in? It's South Central. It's uh, if you look at the Minnesota map. The Minnesota River comes from North Dakota, South Dakota, heads south, and then right where Mankato is, the Minnesota River heads north to St. Paul. Okay, yeah, I can see that now, or that where that where that shift happens. Okay, so from like I mean, I'm assuming. I mean, obviously, you're you seem to be fairly outdoorsy. <laughs> uh, did that start as like because of where you're from, or your parents outdoorsy, or? cabin out on Swan Lake, which is in Nicollet, which is just 20 minutes west of Mankato. And basically, my parents would take me out there on weekends or whatever, and basically let me just go run and play in the woods and do whatever I wanted. Um, and then as I got older, uh, I did like my first trip to the Boundary Waters when I was like 10 with my mom and my dad. Okay. And I absolutely loved it. And kind of funny that first trip I, I ever took to the boundary waters the hat that i took is the hat i'm actually wearing right now that i've had since then nice that's cool so um was your boundary water trip was it a canoe or or was it fishing or both uh it was a canoe and more just leisure and fishing okay cool with my other aunt and uncle tom and aunt nancy and kind of cool because my uncle tom is now watching me do this trip on my own now yeah so that's super cool um so did, uh, that did you go to camp as a kid i went to like day camp okay um uh, i don't believe i actually went to any day over camp okay um when i was younger my mom was a, a single mom for a bit and then I had a stepfather come into my life as I was a little bit older, about six or seven. Okay. But I know financial was a, 
like a thing that she was always making sure that she was stable. Sure. And she always let us go to camp and stuff. Right. But yeah, I didn't go to any stayover camps until I was a counselor myself. So, and that was ha- when you, that happened while you were in college? Yeah, so when I first became a counselor, I was 19 at the YMCA in Mankato. I did like their day camps, and then they have a camp called Camp Patterson that I did as well. I did that for two summers, and then I went and was a camp counselor at Camp Lincoln and Lake Hubert in Nisswa uh, from 2010 to 2012. Okay. So, why starting with the why though? Um, I mean the YMCA. Why did you decide to do that, or just was you had a well, friend, or? I loved it as a kid going to camp. Um, I love working with kids, helping them, you know, expand their minds and learn something that they know they can learn, um, and really encouraging them to push themselves was always something I like to do with kids. Great. Did, did you go? To, did you go to school for um, like anything outdoors related or youth development related? So I went for Recreation, Parks, and Leisure Services, okay. Leisure Planning Management at uh, Minnesota State University of Mankato. Okay, so yeah, very much sounds like. So then, yeah. when you're not paddling down the, the largest river, what are you? What are you up to? Uh, so right now, I've been managing a kayak and paddleboard shop in Mankato, Minnesota, in the summers, and okay. then I've been living in Colorado in the winters. Oh. Where in Colorado? Um, the last few years I've been in Winter Park, Colorado, and right. I'll be going back to A Basin this winter for ski patrolling. Oh, cool! Yeah, I used to live in Denver. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, and we have a we have a few staff who live in uh, Estes Park uh, area, so that's cool. Yeah. Um. So okay. So you you this is while you're in college, you're you're. At working at the Y or like early college, and then the summers following that, you're doing an overnight, a couple overnight camps. Yeah. Okay. And so, tell me about like that experience and what are the, I mean, what are the some of the things that you like the activity, the main activities at those camps? So, uh, with Camp Lincoln and Lake Hubert, um, it has they have thousands of activities. I mean, it's incredible. I guess they shouldn't say thousands, hundreds. Um, but uh, they have rock climbing, arts, craft, sailing, archery, riflery. Um, what else do they have? They have soccer, baseball, tennis. I mean, they have golf. They have water skiing. You know, high ropes course, horses, and all that. And yeah, it's I. The biggest thing I got when I was working at the camp was. I used to hate heights, and I used to hate water. <laughs> wow. And then I get lifeguard certified, so then I had to get over the fear of water. And then and it wasn't more like I hated or had a fear of water. It was just, so I, I always get super cold when I'm in water, so I, like, I'd rather just not be cold. Yeah. <laughs> and then the fear of heights, and then at camp, it was the first time I did a rock wall when I was 20 
And I got to the top, and I realized how scared I was. I was like, well, I can't be scared. i got to get over the fear of this. So now I avidly rock climb whenever I can or wherever I can. Um, but that was the big thing about Camp Lincoln was they had a, they had a phrase. It's it called PG&D, Personal Growth and Development. And when the kids got to camp and, like, the kids that had been there before I was even there, would like be yelling it at each other, you know, like to encourage each other to push themselves further and do something better than what they did last time. And it was just really cool to see them encouraging themselves to each other to do it. And it like just told me that I should be doing the same thing. So I'm just because I'm getting older doesn't mean I should stop learning and pushing myself to be better every day in different skills and traits. Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. That's actually, I think, uh, another episode that I talked to our research director, we were kind of talking about sort of the same thing that everyone knows that kids and counselors have fun at camp. But what I think this, what really happens too is there's that moment where they are too afraid to do something, whether it be the rock wall or whatever, and then they oh. do it. And not only is it fun, but something in that moment, like, triggers something in their development and and who they, and who they're going to become i think right completely yeah well that's awesome that i mean for someone who is uh, uh making a long distance unique journey to not to have not been comfortable with water or just not interested or whatever it's pretty remarkable yeah. that that camp helped uh ch- make that change in you right um and uh, i mean like incredible what camp does for trust for people you know there's there's a lot of kids that may come to camp and aren't aren't willing to trust always right away because they have to build up trust well at camp it like it forced you to be a very trusting person to realize that your counselor is going to make sure you're safe your friends are caring about you and that it opens them up to expanding themselves because they're accepting and more open to other things mm-hmm. just by being more trusting absolutely um what ages did you were you a counselor for um from five years old to 17 each each year or just throughout your time there uh it just depended i mean you could have i could have five-year-olds for two weeks and then or a month, and then go next month. I could have seventeen-year-olds. Oh, okay. So were they month-long? Were they month-long sessions at at Lincoln, or was it week by week? For our camp Lincoln, you could go for a month. You could go for a week. You could go for two months. Okay. You could go for three months. Um, just depended on what you wanted to sign up for. And then they sort of moved you around based on the needs, or they purposely switched it up for all counselors they switched it up like i told them when i worked there i was like i'm open to working with all ages there's certain people that were only open to working with certain age groups and stuff and so wherever they needed me i moved around and made sure that camp ran smoothly that's awesome um so do you have like a favorite memory or uh any or a few maybe a couple memories that stick out with a specific um, kid or an activity or one one memory that always sticks out um hopefully you can hear me i'm going to be going through a a set of rapids right now okay well so far i can hear you if it's too 
if I'm not able to, I'll, we can all stop and we can hold on for a sec or something. But so far, I can hear you fine. It's short. It's just a short set of rapids. Okay. Um, but yeah, my favorite trip, which didn't even turn into a trip when I was a trip director at camp, um, we were supposed to go to the Boundary Waters, and we had driven from Nisswa all the way up to Jacob State Park, which is on a river, and we were setting up camp, and everyone was getting ready to go to bed, and we're, it started to rain, and we're like, oh, this will be fine. The rain will be gone in the morning. And then we all wake up to, like, the sheriff's department escorting, telling us that we need to get out of the state park because it's been raining so much that the roads are washing out. Wow. And that we need to leave our canoes and we need to leave everything and just go now. And I was like, no, hold on. I can't leave my canoes for camp here. So I we loaded up all the canoes still and loaded up all the gear and we hopped in the vans and we drove out with all the kids like on the sidewalks that weren't eroded away. Wow. <laughs> um, but yeah, that, that was one thing they liked when I worked at camp is like, I knew what I could do and I knew what I shouldn't do. And I was very confident in um, making actions and doing them properly. Right. So well, because when I got back, they were like, we are so glad it was you that was on that trip. <laughs> and that you brought the Everybody canoes back. Me back. <laughs> they were calling me back this year to um, come do trips, and I was actually trying to manage and schedule myself around so that I could come up to this one and do trips for them, but it just didn't work out. Yeah. So uh, what were the kids like? I mean, were they pretty scared? or? No, the, the kids actually weren't scared at all. I mean, I don't think any of them really understood what was the realistic ability, what was happening. Okay. They were just like, it's raining. Tom said we need to leave. Um, <laughs> you know, they're all sitting in the van, like, ooing and aahing and seeing all the, like, the destruction that the rain did. Right. Um, last year, I actually went back to camp and visited for a day, and I was able to just sit and chat with the kids that were my campers that were then now counselors which yeah. was kind of cool yeah from the wow so did you how many years did you do uh trips or how many different trips did you do uh, i did quite a few different trips i did it for two years um so when i was at camp the first year i was just a general counselor and then I got lifeguard certified, and then I helped out at horseback riding, I helped out at archery, helped out at waterfront. Um, and then the second year, I came in, and I was supposed to be the wilderness director, and the wilder and then the barn manager got fired, and so then I became the barn manager of the horses. So I ran 20, had 20 horses in the barn that I took care of. Wow. Then my third year, I was uh, I was completely a trip director, and all I did was take kids on trips. And, and are most of those trips that Lincoln, that was that Lincoln, right? Yeah. And are those, most of those trips to the Boundary Waters, or do they do other ones too? No, we do the trips all over. We okay. went to Blue Mounds. We went to, um, what is it called, Taylor's Falls. 
We went to a bunch of river trips, the Boundary Water trip, um, Crow Wing State Park. I mean, I can't even remember all the trips I went on. We did the Apostle Islands for with the kids. Cool. And how, and how long are those trips, each one of those, like a week? Uh, it depended on the age of the kids. Okay. So if they were younger, it was like a day or two. Or, and then as the older kids, and then even one of my other favorite trips is we took a group of 14-year-olds to Isle Royale in the middle of Lake Michigan, or Lake Superior. Right. And we hiked 40 miles that's, in four days. Wow, that's, that would be an incredible trip. Yeah, those kids loved it. The first day they were like, what did we get ourselves into? And then after that, they all loved it for the last three days. Are you gonna... The berries could pick the whole way while you hike. So, are you gonna try to petition the camp to let you take a bunch of kids like, down the entire Mississippi? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm only seven days in, and I I'm wondering what I'm doing out here. Yeah. No. Yesterday was kind of cool because yesterday I finally reached 200 miles of paddling. Um. But. So... Well then, so yeah, about I, the trip, like what what's the longest you've paddled be, ever? Last year I paddled 120 miles in 17 hours from Mankato to St. Paul. And that was on the Minnesota River. Yep. So this now is your longest trip. Yeah, this will be my longest trip of any trip I've done. And this is day seven of what day 50 approximately? Yeah, hopefully. Hopefully. <laughs> So, but I mean, a lot of things could, I mean, I'm assuming that. Like, All right, we're going to pause for a second to thank this episode's sponsor. No matter what kind of camp programming you offer, Pods Solutions can fit your needs. Pods provides convenient, flexible ways to protect and transport camp supplies and equipment without having to coordinate and separate fleets and storage facilities. Check them out at pods.com commercial. All right, back to my conversation with Dan. I'm confident in my ability as a paddleboarder to get on fast water. Because when I paddled from Mankato to St. Paul last year, it was flood water. I had to lay on my belly to get underneath bridges. Oh, wow. Um, but you, you talk to any person that's a paddler, kayaker, surfer, anyone that deals with the water, the more water you have, the better. Yeah, I, I guess like I'm coming at it from the mindset of um, like uh, amateurs who don't know what they're doing. So I guess with the professional, it probably is better as a <laughs> to have more water. Um, yeah, I mean, there's all different standards of level and experience, and I mean, I'm considered even a a novice in to other people that have been paddling their whole life, you know. Right. But as a guide, I, I got put in many hours in the last two years of being on the water and going to classes and watching videos and just constantly teaching myself and learning new things. And then once I get that knowledge, I try to express it to my other employees, my other friends, family, anyone I could talk to about water safety and learning about the water. Because the more you know, the less fearful or ignorant you are to the water yeah totally so 
So do you feel good? I mean, are you hurting? My back and my feet and my hands hurt, but everything else is happy. The most important thing is my mind on this trip. Yeah. I told myself I'd be probably crazy by day seven, but I'm, I'm not completely crazy yet. Yeah, you, but in your meeting, you've met a couple people, so it's not like been seven days of complete solitude. Exactly. And I think I saw maybe, like, you, do you have places that you're staying on, like, uh, or meeting with people along the way? Um, yeah, I'd say that, uh, so there's a Facebook page called the Mississippi River Paddlers. Okay. It's, it's a Facebook page that we all communicate about the river, about places to stay along the river, river conditions, all that, where to pick up gear, where to get food, and, um... I stayed two days ago. I stayed at a lady's house, Sandy. Um, they're actually rebuilding their house so that they have a an extra spot for paddlers to stay at. Hmm. So there'll be a bathroom, shower, laundry for anyone that's coming down the river that wants to stay. They can. Wow. Um, but like that's the generosity of people that are along this river as I'm going. There's people that are willing to help, and I mean. If I can help anyone, I will. I mean, I'm doing the same thing they are, so. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, we talked a little bit about um, the impact of camp that it had on you and what you see it having, the impact you see it having on kids. So, I mean, is that when, it's been, because it's been a few years since you've been a counselor, right? Correct. So what, I mean, did you have a list of things you thought about maybe contributing to with this trip, or was it just, no, I want to give to camp? that our, the next generation, the kids, what they do and learn is what impacts me as I get older because they're going to be the ones that are making decisions when I get older about the environment or activities or things like that that I do in my life. So the more that kids get outside and realize it's amazing and they get off their phones and get away from electronics, then we can maybe save more nature than the devastation that's being created right now from we all know who. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, I was in Salt Lake. I, I, I went to the outdoor retailer convention, and we walked to the Capitol because we were in support of trying to save Bear Ears National Monument out in Salt Lake, Utah. Right. Because they're the government's trying to sell land and right. if we can get kids outside then they'll realize we need to keep the land we'll teach them experiences they'll open their minds up to things that maybe they would never have known or even thought of that's the biggest thing it's just you're opening doors and windows for these kids that they didn't think they were ever going to see or know about right so did you when you i mean as a counselor i'm a, especially with these trips, I'm, I'm assuming like a lot of the kids that you're leading, it was kind of their first immersion into in the natural world in that way. Am I right? Yeah, completely. I could, I could see that. I mean, I worked, I, I was a videographer at a camp and I could definitely relate. I, I didn't, I didn't video, I didn't take them on trips cause I was just a videographer, but, um, I could definitely see that change in kids who are used to spending time and maybe like a block or two of their neighborhood. Right, exactly. So, 
it's just great things that I've never I've never really heard of a like I mean there, I'm sure there are cases but I've never heard of a, like kids that after they go to camp just shut down and close their mind away from ever hearing that again or experiences they had then you know right yeah I, we, I oh, go ahead. a kid at camp just boiled rotten just just a rude kid. We called him a runner because he'd always try to leave camp <laughs> and this and that. And then one day, my boss comes to me and he goes, hey, how will you have him help you at the, at, at the horse barn? And I was like, yeah, we got plenty of work to do down here. And within a day or two, his anger and frustration at camp only came out as love to the horses, which was incredible. And he was just, after he met the horses and started helping them, feeding them and grooming them and saddling them, this kid just did like a whole 180. And just the next year he came back, just an amazing kid. But, you know, he wouldn't have had that if he wouldn't have came down to the barn. Right. So it's just stories like that just just make me so hopeful. Right. I think one thing that we try to push out, you know, with some of our messaging is the responsibility that camp that camp gives kids. Um, I think especially a lot of kids who maybe have some behavioral issues, uh, giving them a task that they can own that's theirs can really be powerful for them, I think. Yeah. And the Camp Lincoln, they uh, when the kids show up, they give them a sheet and they go, all right, pick the activities you want to do. And then the kids lead each other to different, like, different activities while the counselors, you know, are observing. But it's the kids that are keeping each other together. So it's not like we're telling them what to do. They're telling each other what to do at a young age and working together as a team, mm-hmm. which is awesome to see. It is awesome. So I'm going to shift directions a little. Um, do you – is this, like – I mean, you're only at day seven. I know that you have a lot more to do, but can you see another big trip in your future? Yeah, I would love to do other big trips. I was actually going to throw out there when I get further down or something, it's for other people to come up with ideas or trips that they've done and express it to me and then do another trip and maybe also do some more fundraising while I do it. Yeah, that would be great. So do you, do you have any specific ones in mind? Like, are you a through hiker at all, or are you gonna just gonna um, be paddleboard? Yeah, I wanted to do the PCT. I've always wanted to do the AC or the AC. Yeah. Or the Colorado, the Continental Divide. Yeah. Um, other paddling trips are amazing. I've always wanted to paddle around Isle Royale. Oh, that'd be really cool. Or not make Havasu Falls would be a great trip. There's so many places that I would love to go explore and do other trips. Yeah. But I also have to work. (laughs) Right, right. So do you feel like, I mean, I'm sure you have a lot of time to think, but do you feel like you're processing what you're doing right now, or do you think that'll happen when you're done? You mean like... I understand how huge this is. Well, as far yeah, I mean, as far as like you're doing this big long marathon of a of a journey, uh, can you feel? I'm sure it's going to have profound effects on you as a person. 
Um, I don't. I just. I mean, I having never done anything like that, I'm wondering if you can feel yourself changing at all, or feel things happening, or you think you're thinking about things differently, or you think maybe that'll come later because right now you're focused on the river. I think the huge, overwhelming astonishment of what I achieved kind of happens slightly at each day, but I know when I get to mile marker zero on the Mississippi. I'm probably just going to collapse and just be just a ball of sobbing because the amount of energy and thought and just mental strength and not, because like you have to almost not think about how big it is. Right. Otherwise, just daunting. Right. When, you know, each day you just got to look at what your daily goal is. If, if you do daily goals, your daily goals will lead you to where you want to be in the end. Um, I heard the other day someone was talking on the radio and um, they were talking about how when you just wake up in the morning and you make your bed and the achievement you have just waking up and seeing that your bed is made, which we teach the kids at camp, um, you've, you've already accomplished one goal of the day, which mm. makes you feel really good and makes you want to accomplish other goals. Right. But then, so once you do one goal, you're going to want to do two. And then by the end of the day, you're realizing, wow, I, I, I've done a lot. Or you could say, wow, I haven't done anything. But when you get back to bed and your bed has been made and it's there all nice and neat because you did it earlier today, you'll still have a sense of happiness and accomplishment from what you did. Right. You know, just a simple thing. Totally. And, and for you, uh, I mean, maybe in the same realm, but you get so you're. I mean, you get to you're going what 30, 30 to forty miles a day. Right now, I'm trying to. When the water speed picks up, I want to be doing fifty miles a day. Well, and it looks like on the map. Um, I mean, a lot of the Minnesota uh, route is like, or is the River Snakes constantly, right? Completely. Okay, that's what I thought. So I mean, it. I'm sure it, it's it. It would be a lot different if you if it was a straight shot. I mean, I'll, I'll stare at a lake, the same lake for an hour because I went across and back and across four to eight to ten times before I even got across it because the weeds in the river meandered. Mm. Um, like up in the headwaters, the National Forest area, it took me two days to get across it. And I mean, it's not the biggest area either. Yeah, I saw. Was, I think I saw a photo from your first day where it was just complete, like a swamp-looking. Like you, yeah. could, you couldn't really even see the water. Right, exactly. Like that. That was like the first day. Like first day on the Mississippi, I'm like, I can't even see the river I'm on. Yeah. I mean, was it discouraging? I mean, it is, but then that's where you have to be mentally strong. Where I was like, it's okay. It's only the first day. You just keep one stroke at a time. It's kind of funny. So on my, I have my GPS spot system. Mm-hmm. Every time I hit my OK button, it sends out a text message to a certain group of people. But on that message, it's kind of something I took from finding Nemo is just keep paddling. You know, just keep swimming, but 
just keep paddling. I mean, yeah, I think I actually I saw it. I was I tracked you. I was looking at the updates, and I you can click like to expand each check in, and I saw that it had that little note. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's all I could do. I just keep paddling. Right. My boss from my from my kayak and paddleboard company. He said, just think of this. It doesn't matter if you get there in 50 days or you do or you don't. Just remember, for the next 50 days, your job is just to paddle. Mm -hmm. I was like, that's all right. I wake up. I get on the water. I paddle when I'm tired. You know, I take a little break, and then I go back to paddling. But I know it's going to be long, so it's not like like I'm trying to sprint every day. Because if I tried to sprint, I would be dead. Right. So... But yeah, it's it's a huge thing, but I really won't know the impact on myself until I achieve it. Right. I mean, even if I walked away right now, it's going to be still impactful. Mm -hmm. But the difference of finishing versus not finishing will leave an open door in my mind. If I didn't finish, I would want to go back and finish. So is there having, I mean, have a lot of people done this on a paddleboard? No. Um, I know one other guy, no, two other guys that have done it. Okay. Uh, and you think, like, that's, you think, you know them, but you think that's it? You think maybe more have done it? I don't think there's more. Okay. Wow. There were two other people this year that went from the headwaters to St. Paul on paddleboards, but I've only known of two other people that have done the whole Mississippi on a paddleboard. Wow. So, so that's crazy. And not like that, but like there's been two people that have done it and they've both done it about seventy plus days. Okay. Where I'm trying to do it twenty days faster. Right. So you really gotta uh like that I mean you're kinda of, you're really pushing yourself to sort of uh break yeah, break true. ground on this a little bit. So I'm I'm kind of a competitive person. Yeah. <laughs> but, um so when I see someone's done something I want to see if I can do it faster. I want to see if I can do it better. I want to see if I can do it in a new way. Um, and just and by doing that to myself, it, it, I get to compare. And then when I can compare, I can see the benefits of one way or benefits the other way or con, you know. Yeah. It just opens my mind up to a, a whole new web. Right. Um, so is there a section that you're looking forward to the most or do you have any, like, are you, you have any idea? Like you scouted a lot of it or, or no? St. Paul is where I'm going to be the most excited. Um, just cause I have friends right now that are putting another group together on Facebook and they're all going to be at one of the dams when I cross. So I'll get to see a bunch of family, friends, my family and friends, coworkers that I don't even know. Cool. A bunch of people that are just supporting the whole trip. Yeah. That has just been a huge, profound thing for me. It's like, I'm doing this trip. It all just started with me sitting at a desk job going, I don't want to do this anymore. But to see the support of family and friends of people, it's just amazing. Yeah. And, you know, to see donations being brought in daily or get messages from people I don't know that they support it and they're happy that I'm doing this and impressed and so well, people is like one of the cool parts of the whole trip 
Yeah, I mean, we definitely think it's awesome and are super excited that this, you know, these funds will go to the Send a Child to Camp Fund with us. Um, yeah. Super excited. So I'm wanting, I'm actually wondering if I can check in with you again at a couple points down the river. Say that again? Can I, I was wondering if I could check in with you again at a couple different places on the river in the future. Yeah, for sure. You can check in with me whenever you want. All right, cool. Well, I want to... Maybe like uh, when you're reaching different states, or maybe when you get close, like down to St. Louis. Is St. Louis about halfway? Yeah, I would say so. Okay, maybe about there. I'll see what's going on. If you um, hate rivers yet, or if you love it even all the more. <laughs> <laughs> right. What cool. day do I turn to hate the river? What's that? I didn't hear you on that one. What was that? I said. Figuring out what day I either love or hate the river. Yes, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's the well, wind I hate the most. I bet. I bet that uh, be interesting. it's going to be interesting to see how the, what the temperature does as your trip goes on. Yeah, I hope it doesn't get cold until after Iowa. Right. Right. Well, it's cold in the last two days. Has it? Yeah. Yeah, I imagine. I mean, you're way up there, so... Well, I think that's all I got. Um, unless you've got any kind of final thoughts, I think that I, we got some great stuff, and I'll be able to put this together. And uh, uh, yeah, and the and, biggest thing is getting people to support and follow and donate to the cause. Um, getting my webpage damdaniel.com out there. Yeah, people can go on Instagram, damdanlee. It's D A M. Not swearing. <laughs> Dan, yeah, damn um, like a like a dam in a river. And then uh, people can follow on Snapchat. I do little clips during the day of me going insane and keeping myself happy and entertained on the river. And that's L E E D four is my chat name. Right. And do you have? Yeah. I think you had. Do you have links to them? Uh, your social media on the website. Yeah, they should be. Okay. Cool. And uh, I think a link to your the GoFundMe, right? Yeah, how to donate. I see that there's a yeah. So there's a how to for for listeners. There's a how to donate um, on uh, damndaniel.com, and I'll put I'll we'll I mean when we push this uh, episode out, we'll uh, add the link to your site. Well, thanks so much for talking to me. No, well, thanks for calling. I love it. Yeah, have a good one. Good luck out there. All right, bye. See ya. All right, that wrapped up my conversation with Dan Lee. Uh, the paddleboarder on the river right now, um, heading south and through Minnesota. So if you want to follow along onto his journey or to donate to the to the to send more kids to camp, uh, check him out at on his website at damndaniel.com. That's D-A-M-D-A-N-I-E-L.com. Uh, you can, like I said, you can donate there. You can follow him through his GPS tracking uh, as he heads south to the Gulf. Uh, he's got a, a journey ahead of him, but he's making good speed, so get on there and check it out. Um, also, you can follow us. Uh, you can follow ACA on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook. All of them are at ACA Camps. Stay tuned for next month's episode. Uh, we'll, you'll, we'll hear from, you'll hear from us again in about a month. Thanks for listening.